This is a eulogy given by Ben Bronfman, a very high-powered, wealthy attorney. And he's giving this hesped for his brother, who was a Rebbe. And I think it's an unbelievable Musser Haskell, a real lesson for skips, siblings of kips. He says he was like the Eisvarf, he was the troubled child. And he wasn't the yeshivish guy like his brother. Look at how his brother treated him. Look at how his brother felt towards his brother. Look at how this high-powered attorney, who in the world is so chashev, the way he talks about his brother, the tzaddik. This comes for decades of the chashev person giving love and support to the struggling one, to the lesser one. This is real Tmimus, this is real Tzidkos, this is real Yiddishkeit. Tzadikim never looked down at people who were acting bad. They gave them encouragement. They kept them connected so they could become inspired. And this is the respect, the last moment of the life. This is where the truth comes out. Because of decades of Kavod and Yididus that this Chashavarav showed and showered on his brother, this is his brother speaking at his eulogy. Look at the Kavarat Torah that he gives him. Look at the Kavarat Torah. He could say, I am huge and you're nothing. Instead, he says, you are huge. I wish I had your Amuna. I wish I could be like you. What a Kiddush Hashem. Let us all understand that nobody should use their schusim and their Torah and their Yeshivishkeit or Hasidishkeit to look down at another Jew. That's a huge Nisayan. And the sign that some of our best and our brightest are failing at, it's not the derech to do so. The tzaddikim say you have to be makarev. You have to be makarev and be makarev and show love and covet and yididos and be there for your brothers and sisters when they're going through troubled times. We know that most of these kids are going to come back. Why be on the side that pushes them away and causes them to do more averis for longer amounts of time? We know that just by being connected to family, it causes them to be in a matzav that they can fight the Yitzhahar on their own one day and they can get strong and they can return back to Hashem and have the encouragement and support of their families and you're a chalik of the schos that they're going to have. So I hope that this inspires everybody to be of every Jew in the world, no matter where you think you're at and no matter where you think they're at. When my father was uh, dying, he was in a coma for six months. And the family was very good. The women came in the morning, the wives, the daughters, the daughter-in-laws, and my brother came in the afternoon, and I came at night. And I would come home from a court, I would change into sweatpants and a sweatshirt, take my irrigation bag and go spend the night with my father, who I don't think knew we were there, but he was never alone. And when I would come, my brother would get ready to leave. And one day, an Irish nurse, who was a very nice lady, really an angel, um, saw my brother putting on his black hat and his black jacket and gathering his farm, and I walked in in a baseball hat and a sweatsuit, and she said, could I ask you, gentlemen, a personal question? I said, of course. She said, are you brothers? I said, yes. She says, you're so different. I said, well, he was adopted, and he became very religious early on. There was nothing we could do about it. And my brother, who is smarter than I am and more serious than I am, said, I'm not adopted, and we're not different. 
We strive. We look different. But I think in many ways we were the same. Right now, I wish I had my brother's faith. And I wish I had his amuna. I wish I had his uh, faith in Hashem and his purity of heart. Today I wish I had his understanding of Torah and the wealth of his knowledge. His knowledge of the secrets of Hashem's ways. Because I don't. And I never will. Iron would say today, we don't question Hashem. He would say we accept without anger that we should even temper our sadness with the awareness that my brother is now at peace resting in the embrace of Hashem whose love and respect he has earned by living his life as a pure Jew. One of only a handful of really honest holy men whose purity I have never had any reason to question. I wish I had his pure Muna. I don't. I can't accept the fact that my brother is dead. I am confused and I am very angry. Aaron earned a longer life. I believe there was so much more good that he would have been able to do with the extra years if he had been given them. And why I am pleased that he was spared the agony of a slow and agonizing death. I am angry because he should have been granted the arichas yaman, the long life that he earned by being such a good, kind, respectful, honest, learned Jew who devoted his life to education and Torah. What a wonderful legacy. A good husband to Susie, a good brother to me and Malki and Chevy, and a wonderful father to Naomi and Shmuel to Esther and Zevi, to Rina and Ellie, to Sim and Leib, to Aviva and Simcha, to Shmaya and Shoshana, to Batsheva and Moshe Zev, Avram Barak and Mechama, Miriam, he loved you all very much, and you were all so good to him. And you gave him so much nachas and so much covet. I would list all of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but it's going to be Shabbos soon. Aaron Brothman was a tzaddik. Pure and simple, he was a tzaddik. We use that term loosely among Jews. But he was a real tzaddik. Thousands of young men learned from him. Not only Torah, but menschlichkeit, modesty, derech and the love of Yiddishkeit and Eretz Yisrael. That makes you a tzaddik, that, that type of legacy. And he never had an agenda, and he never did it for personal gain. Today, there is less kedusha, there is less holiness in America. But when he is going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael Sunday night, the kedusha of Yerushalayim will be heightened. And Aaron Brockman's keber will draw thousands and thousands of his Talmudim for years to come who will go there and thank their Rebbe, my brother, who wanted so much to also be my Rebbe. Aaron and I were very different, and yet we were very close, especially when we both became adults and he recognized that we would then really be completely the same, except in one important way. We loved our family, we loved Am Yisrael and each of us in our own way, Love Yiddishkeit, and most important, we also really loved each other. I would call him 
and speak with them. And he would call me and we would speak. And little do many of you know that my brother was a well-rounded, well-educated American, not only a talent couple, he had a master's in history. He knew the world. And we spoke often about the world when he called me. And he was very saddened by so much of what's going on, the sin against Eretz Yisrael that broke his heart. He could never understand it. One of the reasons I became an outspoken advocate for Eretz Yisrael was because my brother pushed me and said, you can do it. When I do it, it looked like a from Hasidic Shagai speaking for Eretz Yisrael. You do it. You look like a guy speaking for Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> And he would call me, and after every conversation, he would generally end as follows. You know, there's an almana in town who's making a chasana, and she has two sick children, and we need to help her. And I said, how do all these people find you? <laughs> Everybody who needs something finds our brother. How do they find you? And he said to me something which I'll never forget. He said, I think they find me because I've never said no. Somehow he managed to find a solution to the problems of the Aniyam and the Almanas and the Yatoma who uh, came to him to help. You know, going to the same yeshiva as my brother, Aaron Brathen, to the Aaron Brathen, younger brother, the Dorvadas, was very daunting. Um, over and over again I heard, why can't you be like Aaron? The only one who never said that to me was Aaron. The only one who never said that to me was my brother. He accepted me with unconditional love as his brother, different, but very much the same. Had a lot in common. And as the Torah knowledge, 60 years ago I realized I was never going to be like Aaron. Aaron had a level of Torah knowledge that many of you know that was extraordinary. It was rare. He knew everything. The only time he didn't know an answer to a question was when we were sitting Shiva and he had not yet learned the dinam of Avelis because you're not supposed to while your parents are alive. And I read the red and brown and blue and white book and I knew the answers and he didn't. It was the only time that he didn't know the answer to a question. I would watch boys come up to him, men, middle-aged men, other Rebbe's, and ask them questions. And he would know the answer. And I said, how do you know everything? He said, because I try and learn as much as I can. So I realized 60 years ago that I could never be like Aaron. But I didn't give up. I didn't turn away from Kali Shiro. I just worked very hard on a different derach. Not to compete with Aaron in Torah knowledge, but to try and make him proud of me. And I would like to think that before he died, he was proud of me. Not for my Torah knowledge, but maybe for my understanding of how to address the needs of the Torah world. Not just the financial need, but the needs at times to be outspoken as a public Jew who had access to the non-Jewish world. Aaron understood that as well, and as we got older, we grew closer. Today is a very sad day for our family, for this community, that my brother loved so much, and for the yeshiva of Farakaway, a yeshiva that he devoted his entire adult life to. I want to repeat that. To this yeshiva, my brother devoted his entire adult life to this educational institution and to the guidance that he offered it, and it thrived under his guidance. 
Where I go, people recognize me. But you know what they say to me now? Are you Rabbi Brathman's brother? You're Ben Brathman, right? I said, yes. He says, I'm one of his Talmidim. In Ashishal at the Kotel, on Central Avenue, in Manhattan, in law firms, in hospitals. People come up to me. They want to say hello and they want me to know that they are one of our prophets. Tell me, thousands, thousands. How many people can live to say that? So today's a very sad day for our family. And for the current Talmudim of Derafesim, I'm not certain you even understand the loss that you may never get over. And for the future Talmudim of this yeshiva, please ask about Aaron Brothman so that his memory will always be part of your growth as Jews, as young Jews who understand the Derafesim and Kavod and Menschlichkeit was as important as Torah knowledge to Aaron Brothman. Torah knowledge alone without Menschlichkeit did not get you a gold star in my brother's honor roll book. You have to know Torah, but you have to be a mensch. You have to act like a mensch. And you have to conduct yourself as a mensch. And that was as important to my brother as how many Mishnayas you learned about that. I have many questions for Hashem that I am not embarrassed to ask, knowing there are no answers and knowing that Aaron would not even want me to ask these questions. And chief among them is why. Why was such a pure, soft-spoken, kind, respectful yid taken at 74 when I know so many completely worthless people who will live to be 100? Shabbos and everyone that is busy, let me end, but I don't want to end on a bad question. I want to end on an important observation. First, I want to thank, um, not by name, but people who came here today. I know what a tear fit is on a Friday to come here from near and far um, on short notice. So the people who came here out of respect for me and Lindo, for my brother and his wife and his family, we thank you very much, the men and the women. Personal note to our, my dear brother, I ask for the thousands of times you asked me to learn with you, and I said, no, I'm busy. If only you could ask me one more time. I'm sorry for the aggravation I caused you when we were both young and when you were the tzaddik and I was the oysvar. You had to cover for and protect. Even then, you saw that I had at least some potential to be a good person, a proud Jew. I only hope that before you die, I had earned in your eyes 10% of the respect that I had for you and will always have for you. Rest easy, my dear Aaron. Your family... Your yeshiva will survive. They will be okay. When you see our parents this Shabbos, send them our love and ask Hashem to forgive me for my questions. Asking questions, after all, is what I do. No disrespect intended. Rest easy, my Aaron Hatzadik. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.